Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment and visit our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You'll find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started. My name is Adam Homie. I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. We have a treat for you. As many of our listeners know, in addition to being the host of the Business Creators Radio Show, I'm also creator of the Reach System, which works with entrepreneurs to help them launch and host their podcasts as their primary networking, client attraction, and celebrity branding tool. I'm always curious and very interested about perspectives from the media, about perspectives from those involved in businesses such as music, entertainment, because all of these things are so important when it comes to podcasting, when it comes to live streaming, when it comes to using the current modalities that are available to establish your celebrity brand and market and grow your business. For that reason, I am so excited. We have a very unique guest for you today. His name is Howie Zales. He's going to share with us some lessons from his 25 years of broadcast sports and entertainment production. But before we bring him on, let me just tell you a little bit about him. Howie Zales is an Emmy Award-winning camera operator who turned his passion for television broadcasting into several entrepreneurial endeavors. Howie created HJZ Productions, Inc. in 2000 to address the need for professional-level sports crewing and staffing in the New York market. Under his leadership, HJZ Productions grew to be a multi-million nationwide provider of top talent in the broadcasting field. Fast forward 19 years, and Howie and his team founded Veridity Entertainment Services Incorporated, that's VES, which initially focused on staffing in non-union markets. With the onset of COVID, he, they quickly pivoted to offering best-in-class broadcast quality live streams of professional sports shows and interviews, corporate interviews and meetings, and religious services. In addition, how he took his love of television production business and created the TV Sports Course, a hands-on training boot camp for the next generation of television crew professionals. Howie is a graduate of the State University of New York at Plattsburgh's Mass Communication Program. Woo! Howie Zales, come on in. The weather's fine. Hey, Adam, how are you? I'm grateful to be here. Oh, I couldn't be more excited. Now, I just read off your very impressive bio. In fact, I'm not sure I'm worthy to be here, and this is my show. <laughs> what we like to do at Business Creators Radio Show, and you gave us several points in the green room that you'd like us to cover with you, because I know you have a lot to share with our audience. Before we do that, uh, aside from reading the chronology of your bio, what we like to do is ask our esteemed guests just a little bit more about their own story, uh, their own personal journey, however you want to phrase that, and what's brought you to where you are today, serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. So I guess another way of phrasing that is what drives you to do it? What excites you so much? Well, um, it's great to be here again, and thank you. Um, You know, I I never saw myself as an entrepreneur, although I started my business 20 years ago. I was a camera operator who worked for NBC Sports and the World Wrestling Entertainment. I got to travel the globe uh, working uh, Olympics, Super Bowls, WrestleManias, you know, some of the biggest shows out there. But all, all along, I always had my business on the side and, and I thought of it as a backup. But, um, you know, should I get hurt or something like that? But, you know, a few years ago, I decided, you know, I, I thought I needed to pivot out of the business of shooting. Uh, I was worried about my back and my neck. So I, I kind of I, I looked into hiring a business coach and I, and I tried to figure out the best way to make that move into a more of an entrepreneurial world. And um, that, that's my story. I, I started uh, in 2000 as a camera operator and I started the business um, simultaneously through, uh, uh, and it all, it's a really cool story. A friend of mine 
uh, hired me to do camera uh, on an I Miss in the Morning radio show. I Miss at that time used to take a show on the road every once in a while. And they yep. ca- camera operators. And he's like, hey, Howie, are you, are you available? And I'm like, sure. And he goes, do you have any friends? Any friend camera operators? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I got tons. So I, I helped staff that show. And then I kind of found a need for the staffing of um, sports and entertainment TV crews in the New York area. And then my, my business was born. That's something. So what I'm hearing is for years and years and years, you had a side hustle going on in addition to your main work. And that addresses a lot of our listeners. We have a lot of folks who have either side hustles or multiple businesses. So one of the things that you mentioned to me earlier is that you have businesses or had businesses, as the case may be, that sort of compete with each other. So I know this is starting at a different place than we may have originally intended, but what would you say are the benefits of starting a second business that competes with your original business? I've been trying to get more people to tune into this. So uh, the original thought of our second business, Veridity Entertainment, was to help clients who um, brought in, uh, traveled their their crew in from outside of the, let's say, the New York metro area. They would call us to provide the local crew, but they would travel in um, half the crew from whatever state that they were located in, but they were not paying them. Uh, as employees, they were not making sure that they were uh, up to speed on sexual harassment and things like that. Uh-huh. So what we did, what we decided, we decided to start this company, and we were going to take that liability from our clients, payroll these out of town folks, train them in, in harassment uh, for what New York st- State says they need to be trained in, and pay them as employees um, because there was a there was a need to stop the 1099 work, so to say. Um, and then the pandemic happened and we, we knew we needed an immediate pivot and because uh, there's yeah. no sports and there was no uh, entertainment going on. So we knew we needed a pivot. And um, it, it's a cool story how, how, how this happened. Uh, I was talking, I'm Jewish, and I was talking to the rabbi at the temple and it, he was stressed about how they were going to do the, the services in September that I, uh, for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur because they weren't allowed to have people in the temples and churches. So I came up with that this idea that we needed to live stream the services. And I said, you know, I did a lot of research and I spoke to a few friends in the business and we kind of came up with a plan and we devised it and, and bought equipment. And I said, you know what, there's a there's a need out there. I, I got to find a way to monetize this. And then one of my HJZ production clients called and, and said, Howie, we're looking to do a, uh, interviews across the country in nine different markets in nine different weeks, but the interviewer cannot leave her house. How are we going right. to do this? And then my pivot, there's my pivot. And it just took off from there. You know what I find interesting is just in the past year, since we've entered what we call the Covidian era, you've, seen candidly i've seen a greater tolerance for imperfect video yes whether it's sports shows whether it's the news whether it's any form of entertainment and i didn't watch it myself but i heard people saying about award shows such as the grammys we had earlier this year that some of the winners not only didn't show up they didn't even bother to put on a nice shirt when they live streamed in their thank you speech. Yeah, that drives me crazy when you're you're watching an interview on the news and the person is out of focus, is 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 out of focus, and the books behind them on the bookcase are in focus. Um, that drives us crazy. So that's what we strive for is broadcast quality perfection live streams. We we don't we don't put up for that. Um, and we do that in, in a, it, we, using technology over the internet. Um, we, ha- we have about 20 live stream computer kits, we call them. And they're right. equipped with uh, high-end gaming laptops with uh, 1080p high-def cameras, USB professional microphones, ethernet cables. And we, we send these computers out uh, to the guests in, our, in the shows of the live streams we're doing. And all they need to do is connect the computer to the internet. And then through uh, a few programs, we can dial into the computer 
take full control, zoom the camera, white balance the camera, focus the camera, make sure that it's focused on their eyes and the books in the background are out of focus. And, um, and then we bring them into our production over, over the internet. Yeah, so another thing that I'm hearing, and this is something interesting to me, I hadn't even thought of this. I'm aware of the ability to do remote support sessions where the remote tech actually takes control of the person's mm-hmm. computer and moves things around, uh, makes adjustments and things like that. Up until now, I just never thought of the idea of a producer tapping into somebody's computer in their home office or home office and fixing their camera for them. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, my, I have four computers on my desk and one of the computers strictly is for going into the computers that we send out. I could be logged into four or five computers at one time, um, manipulating the focus or the color temperature or whatever needs to get done. Um, I can change the tab on their screen so what they see uh, is different uh, than what a different guest is seeing. Uh, yeah. We can... So we can put questions on the screen for one of the talents so they can read the questions to the other talent. There's so many different things that we can do. So you have four computers on your desk. I have four laptops, a desktop. Uh, I have uh, three smartphones. I have a a Chromebook and an iPad. So I'm not crazy. Yeah, no, not (laughs) not not at all. All all you need is a good uh, internet signal. All right. This is uh, you're triggering some thoughts in my mind, which I think is awesome. And one of the things that our listeners are very curious about, and one of the reasons I thought that it would definitely be worth it to have you on Business Creators Radio is folks are recognizing, particularly in the public speaking realm, that even as we hopefully get past this COVID stuff, One of the last things that's going to really come back is the idea that we attend live conferences and seminars the way we used to. It's going to be a combination of things. It's going to be that some folks just are not going to be ready to go out into crowds again. There are still some folks that huddle up at home 24-7 that I know personally. It's (laughs) also going to be an issue that people have discovered the joys of not only attending a seminar, but also getting to do the networking without having to spend three days in a different city and be in rooms full of people Mm -hmm, all the time. mm -hmm. Uh, I love it myself. I've actually been attending a lot more seminars since this all began. And even pre-COVID, I used to think, you know, I came out, I had to fly to this different city or drive to this different city to be in this conference room for three days and have these same people try and have these same stale what do you do conversations with me and I could have gotten the same value by watching this through my computer and I could have rocked the networking in the chat rooms that go along with that live stream and filled my calendar with conversations without even having to put on a decent shirt I agreed I I don't think it's ever going to come back I think that we call it the, the hybrid model, right? Uh, half in person or a portion of in person and the majority of the people uh, virtual. Um, and that's what we're seeing now. And um, in, in the corporate world, conferences, I agree. I, I don't think it's ever going to come back to what it was for every reason you named. In the, in the, in the sports world, it's going to continue to be um, the bigger events obviously will, will come back to what it was, but they're like the smaller college, uh, sporting events that maybe weren't going to get televised in the past. Now there's an avenue for them to get televised in a, in a cheaper way to one, keep a lot of the crew remote, uh, use, still use professional equipment, but in a more remote, uh, way in terms of, you don't need a satellite truck to do everything now or a fiber at every uh, little event. There's uh, ways to do it with bonded cellular over the internet that smaller productions can get done that never were done before. Right. So what I find very interesting in your, in your feedback here is your belief that this is actually a permanent change. Even if the 
rest of the world goes back to air quotes normal. Uh, and I, and I can tell, and I can tell you being so far on the introvert scale that uh, when I actually do slides and presentations about the introvert, ambivert, extrovert thing, I have to draw a box with an arrow pointing to it way over to the left of the slide. <laughs> and I have to shift the diagram of introvert to extrovert over to the right so that I can get myself even further over to the left of how <laughs> introverted I am. So what, so, so one of the things, and I also say in my book, Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy, that every cloud comes with a silver lining. The silver lining is a precious metal that you should mine and invest in because you will grow wealth from it. So I see the silver lining in COVID. And one yeah. of which is, is uh, we went into a situation where we abruptly, effectively had our lives taken away from us. And yeah. it was to a degree that the debate over whether it was even legal to do a lot of that stuff is a real discussion. And I'm not going to get into it here. I'm just saying the fact that it is there shows how drastic it is. Right. Uh, now, now, then we go into this, well, we slowly ramp back in and it's not synchronous where everybody goes at the same pace and there's a step forward and a step back and a step sideways and everything else. We find ourselves in situations where we realize not only that we didn't know what we had until it was gone, but we also recognize things that we're glad that we're gone. Mm -hmm. And this is why I wanted to bring you on. And because I think there's going to be more and more need and demand for the type of work that you do. So I wanted to give you an introduction to my listeners and get you into our lineup so that you'd be available as a resource. I, I see definitely that I agree with you. Live seminars aren't coming back. And just one more point before I get to my next question, which is sure. going to be an exciting one, is I've had opportunities to speak at seminars. Uh, I, before I accept the opportunities these days, I look into a few things. I want to know the, I want to check the venues online reviews to make sure that their security are not abusing their powers and harassing people over mandates. Cause that's mm -hmm. a thing. And I also want to know how many people are physically going to be in the room versus is it going to be live streamed at all? I candidly need to be persuaded to go into a ballroom that has people so spread out, you can only fit 30 people in a 3,000 square foot space and have to deal with ridiculous local rules within that hotel that go far beyond the mandates dictated by the state. Well, and you know, you, another when way I to can look, do it from home. Right. Well, and, and this is another way to look at it. And you can be, and, and this is what I found, right? In, in the television business, you get uh, paid on it for uh, a per day basis, right? That's yeah. how, how people get paid. Now, now that if I don't have to leave my home and I can do, and the show is only an hour long and there's like a two hour rehearsal leading up to the show, I can stack two or three different clients in one day out of my house, and triple my income. Right. And never leave. And you can do the same thing as a speaker. You can, you can speak to far more at far more conferences and events from your home and never leave and make more money doing it. Yeah. I've made been making the argument for years that hosting a podcast and being a podcast guest is a great way to grow your speaking career when you have challenges getting speaker reel footage. Mm -hmm. And I know myself, I went through a struggle. I spoke on a lot of stages and it seemed like every single time the videographers either didn't show up or they mm -hmm. recorded really bad footage. Uh, in one case, I actually had videographers come to my house and recreate my speech because somebody forgot to freaking hit record. It right. got to the point where finally I made an agreement with one of my hosts who graciously allowed me on his stage. And it was one of the larger audiences I spoke in front of to bring in my own videographers at my own expense. And then I had to pay an editor because some doofus in the room who was sitting by one of the microphones uh, saw that I 
displayed something on a slide that depicted a certain person who at one point was the president of the United States and decided to show off his political views very loudly into one of the microphones I had set to capture my voice. So, um, and yes, I took him aside afterwards and explained to him that I did not appreciate him interrupting my presentation because he knew full well that I was paying people because I'd spoken about it. That I was paying people to come in to create my speaker footage. So why couldn't you just save your comments about the orange man for afterwards? Right. Instead of screwing it up. So this leads to the first of my two questions is in this live streaming world, mm-hmm. in this live streaming world, we don't have the same ability to go back and edit things necessarily because more of it's live, more of it's uncut. And we have to do new technologies to implement delays and things like that. So what do you say to people who may moan or bemoan the decrease in artistic purity that comes with this new environment? I I, I would say, one, it's not true because a lot of we do a lot of uh, recordings for clients that uh, that are edited to become live streams afterwards. They just, because of whatever legal reasons, they can't be live, they're medical things. Um, so um, for one, that, so those can't, they're actually recording a live stream, but we're actually recording it and we record it on the computer and we record it in the cloud. So we have backups yeah. of it. Um, we do, uh, and, and we also do like what we call live live where we do it's live streamed and, um, you get great candid moments between two, two people talking or four people talking. We, ju- we just did a, a live stream with, um, Charles Barkley and magic Johnson the other night. And it was magic Johnson, uh, was a surprise to Charles Barkley. And, and the, the moment that Charles knew that magic was there as a surprise, you can't recreate that. And right. uh, it, it was an amazing scene to see uh, the surprise look on his face. So yeah. um, I don't think any, anything is lost uh, with it live with live streams. Without a doubt. I make the argument that imperfections are actually, uh, see, and that, yeah. this is the part I love. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and to that degree, I can't tell you how many live streams we've had where dogs and cats have jumped on the person in the middle of the show. I'm so glad you brought that up because this brings me to a point. You have seen, there a lot of people familiar with that uh, video, uh, and this was even before COVID, of the BBC reporter or commentator who was live streaming in from a home office and their cat jumped up on their desk and the world thought it was adorable. And then Uh there was a case earlier this year when they were using Zoom and live streaming to conduct a court hearing. And one of the attorneys had forgotten he had set up his Zoom to make himself look like a cat. Yes, 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 yes. yes. And everybody, (laughs) including the judge, actually thought it was funny. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it happens every show, every single show, sometimes more than once. But I, you know. ver- I very rarely use my camera. I have a face for radio. Thank God God also gave me the voice for radio. I do do a live stream every week inside my Facebook group called Everything Podcasting. It's called the Podcast Initiative. I do use the videos for those. Uh, my office supervisor princess alessandra francesca interrupts every single one of them (laughs) it's gotten to the point where people will say is that sandra or stella because i have two black cats nice they become part of the brand so i want to send my greetings to your dogs and (laughs) thank you (laughs) and that was so timely all right no no nothing to be sorry for we love it so this goes to my and this is why i suspected that people actually appreciate the non sequiturs they appreciate the meta aspect of it absolutely so what about folks who don't speak naturally in other words they just don't have that ability to easily flow words from themselves uh whether or not they have a stuttering issue whether or not it's just a matter that they don't have their verbal pauses under control and i have methods that teach people how to help people with that and i imagine you may as well uh and they want to do presentations they want to do live streams they want to be booked as speakers for conferences and now they're looking at it and saying 
Oh, cool. I can use a teleprompter now. What guidance would you give them on that if that's a viable decision? And what do they need to do so that it doesn't look like they're reading from a teleprompter? Because I can so, easily see how that slides backwards. Actually, the technology for teleprompting has come along with everything else. Yep. Um, we use this uh, company. Uh, Mich- the name of the woman is Michelle. Um, and basically, she's remote, completely remote. We send her the script. And she sends us a link and we put the link in the computer of the person of the talent that needs the teleprompting and we make it, we stretch it across the entire screen and center it right below the camera. So it's as if the person's looking at the camera, but they're really just reading two or three lines of copy right below the camera. And the teleprompter operator hears what the person is saying. She can hear, she can speed up, slow down. Um, they can make live changes. So the use for teleprompting, we've used it plenty of times in, in the last few months. That's got to be good news to a lot of people. I myself, I do better with the written word than the, than the spoken word. It's just the way I've always been. Mm-hmm. I f- when I do my live streams inside my Facebook group, I'll actually hold up the fact that I have a page of typed notes and I'll occasionally glance down at them. I'm just very candid that I go by notes because I want to make sure that I deliver all the value that I promise. Yeah. So sometimes that authenticity works as well. I also know in the public speaking realm that folks can be graded on their ability to speak extemporaneously. I know myself, I've spoken from a lot of stages the PowerPoints that I display are as much for me as they're for the audience. Right. They just, they just, pro- I mean, I don't need to read every word and I don't need every word on my slides, but they just prompt me where about I'm at. And sometimes I put things in the slides that you wouldn't know are reminders to me to say something or tell a story, but they are, that they're right there. Right. I totally understand that. Yeah. So, um, you know, previous generations and I count myself, grew up watching television. So we've seen how things have changed and we keep hearing these stories. Some people celebrate it and say, ha, 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 that shows you suck. And then there are others that bemoan it. So there's different points of view that ratings for TV shows in some cases are the lowest they've ever been. They just keep going down, 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 down. Like when people on one side of the political spectrum point at the media outlet that's biased toward the other side and say, ha, 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 you suck. And I want to say to them, look at your own outlet and compare its numbers of three years ago. Now, answer your own question. Yeah, Yeah. so it's global is my point. What's going on? Yeah, it's it's kids. The younger generation, they're not watching TV. My, my wife and I talk to our kids all the time about, you know, how when we were younger, if you missed an episode of your favorite show, you'd have to wait till the summer to watch the reruns. Yeah. Now, now kids are just watching their favorite person on YouTube. They're not watching um, sitcoms or dramas on the three on the three networks. They're, the three networks are, are archaic compared to Netflix, Hulu and and the other streaming companies. Right. They can't have the money to keep up. Right. Um, you know, I've, disco- I've discovered myself for years and years and years. Uh, Tuesday nights between 10 o'clock and midnight, I just got really lucky that the television shows that I fell in love with, that I watched every episode of, always seemed to fall within that two-hour block. Mm-hmm. And conveniently, people would try calling me at 957 saying (laughs) oh we know he's home i bet you he'll have a conversation with me while he's watching television no i won't that's my two hours to be left the hell alone click (laughs) but anyway anyway after after both boston legal and the shield wrapped up in the fall of 2008 i made a promise that i would never fall in love with a television show again I have fallen in love with television shows and my modality of watching them has changed. Mm-hmm. I wait for a season to be done and then I watch the whole thing in a bench. I've actually found that I get more out of it because without that week between episodes, 
you can see the threads as yeah. the story evolves much more clearly because you're waiting two minutes versus a week to and see the, what the, happens next. The writing has more of an impact. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So what so really what we're seeing happening right now may be accelerating trends that have already been in place. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love that. I love that so much. I love that so much. So um, overall, overall, if somebody is hesitant to get involved with doing live streaming and virtual stuff, I think what we've heard so far in our conversation is it's, this is where it's headed regardless of, whether you want it to happen or not. And they're getting bogged down with what equipment do I need and how do I do my lighting and stuff like that? Other than the, the easy button, which is just to contact you, what advice or guidance would you give them? Yeah, obviously uh, contact us. We're yeah. you know, a one-stop shopping, if you will. Uh, and, and we take the worry, you know, it, technology can be ve very overwhelming there uh, and, and difficult to deal with and people are scared by it. But um, that's, that's, you know, I guess advice that we would give is um, make sure you, you, you want to make sure that you look good that you sound good. So you want a good quality camera and you want a good quality microphone and you have to have good internet. You, ca you can't live stream with um, uh, internet with an upload speeds uh, that are not uh, suitable and a, a minimum upload speed is, is a 10. Everyone thinks that, um, you know, they, when they hear about their internet speed, they, they think that uh, they have the greatest internet if they have, uh, because the inter internet companies only talk about the download speed. They don't talk about the upload speed. Yeah. And, you know, if you have a three, two or 300 speed download, that's great. That's great. But not if you want to live stream, because you need a minimum of, uh, and bare minimum of 10, but we've come across some people, um, that sometimes don't even have a one upload speed. Yeah. And they think they have the greatest internet in the world, but that, that <laughs> that's the biggest problem uh people face is their internet speed yeah more people, they, more people throughout this country have bad internet than have good internet yeah they they look at their they look at their down but not their up exactly uh, i've i've seen that and i've even had my cable providers over the years tell me oh your down your download speeds are great trying to deflect the fact that they weren't giving me any upload bandwidth it was worth anything Oh yeah, exactly. Uh, so I, I operate. Yeah, with, but your downloads. Like, look at your downloads. Run this <laughs> test, and you can see you are so far into the green zones. Like, yes, I know. I downloaded twenty five MP threes today. I just built a new thumb drive of cruising tunes for my car. Right. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking why do my Facebook live streams make me look like the Terminator due to bandwidth issues? Exactly. Don't deflect. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And, and some of that goes to infrastructure. So True. what about and what about the person living in the rural area or the area where it, they just have not prioritized updating? Sometimes they're running old wires. Sometimes there's a lot of electrical interference due to existing structures and existing equipment. There's so yeah. many things that could be in the way that they can't do anything about without physically moving. And it'd be nice if we all just move. But so one work. one way around that is. Um, a cellular a cellular router okay uh, which operates on a sim card you can purchase from your local uh cell phone company uh and you stick it in you know it's a special router it's a cellular bonding router and it yeah. bonds to the cell cell signal that's closest to you and that's a way around um you know, really bad internet. That's our way around uh, really bad internet. But on the other hand, you have to be somewhat technical savvy to to deal with that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, does this mean that you have to get an enormous data plan with your cell phone? Because I know myself that even with my data plan on my smartphone, I can be just sitting in a cigar shop streaming videos off a thing. I forget to just switch it to the cigar shop's Wi-Fi 
And then yeah. I start getting, and then I start getting the SMS messages. Yeah. You've used fifty percent of your monthly bandwidth. And then yeah. I think, okay, well, I'm I'm in the middle of listening to this podcast. I'll switch it over after I finish. I'm not even having to listen to the next twenty minutes of the podcast. Another SMS. You've now used seventy five percent of your monthly bandwidth. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is costly. Yeah. So I, I think I get it. And I also want to tell you a story and see if this sounds like anything you've run into before. When I lived in, I'm in Las Vegas now. When I lived in Pittsburgh, I made several attempts to do webinars that always failed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was catastrophic where I'd be at the height of my presentation and all of a sudden my connection would just go away for about five minutes. I couldn't even log back in to reconnect with my guests to tell them what happened. This just kept happening and happening and happening. And for almost a year, I just said, I won't do webinars because I'm cursed. They don't want me to do webinars. So I won't do them. I wouldn't look at, I wouldn't look at other technologies because I tried a couple other webinar technologies and I had the same problem. And I contacted my internet provider who assured me everything was Jim Q dandy. Right. Turns out my downstairs neighbor, and believe me, that's another story right there, would habitually run her microwave at 720 because that was when she heated up her tea so she could watch her stupid television program. (laughs) The microwave was screwing with my wired internet. Wow. So all I had to do was do the webinars at a different time and you would have been good. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I think Crazy. you heard in the way I told that story, my frustration. Yeah, she had to watch a stupid television show and had to <laughs> heat up her damn tea every night at exactly 720. Well, some of us have to make a living. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, seen stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Just, just to, to give our listeners something to think about if they are listening to this saying, but I've tried that. I've tried that, Howie. I've called my cable provider. I've gotten a new computer. I bought a new webcam and it still sucks. So this is what we tell everyone. And whenever we do a live stream, we, we always do, we call it a tech day, a tech check. And we always try to do it at the same time of day that we do the live stream. So um, if the live stream is going to be six o'clock in the evening, we try to do the tech check at 6 p.m. a few days before. So yeah. we get a feel of like what the internet will be like at this, at that, like t- at that same time, uh, it's like you experienced. Right. Um, so we always tell people and we can tell the, the, the speeds when we log in, um, you know, we tell them not to have any, anyone else, uh, on the network, no downloading movies or playing video games that require the internet. Um, you need to basically have a, a, a internet, uh, a free network that, uh, yeah. if you're live streaming, that's gotta be the only thing that's going on on the network at the same time, because, uh, if there's stress coming on the network from different devices doing different things, we can actually see it, see it on our, uh, monitors the the signal going up and down and we know when someone is downloading something and when it finishes Uh um and obviously being wired into your router is always 100 preferred because when you're when you're using wi-fi it's it's not a straight uh signal it's going up and down it's fluctuating yeah depending especially if it's the network is being stressed um but if you're wired it's a more of a consistent straight signal so wired is recommended where possible yes that's that's assuming that the place where you leave even has a jack anymore because i'm actually going <laughs> to see that going away believe it or not and also we need to notice that you know you and i joked earlier you have four computer sitting on your desk and yes. i asked you if the fact that i have 10 devices made me crazy now i don't use all 10 devices at once but it's not an altogether unusual for five of them to all be turned on and tapping on my network at the same time exactly. i may be using one to do a whole batch of uploads of stuff that i did through camtasia just put it all up on amazon at once and uh then go use a different laptop to go type different things so i'm not taxing the hard drive but it is taxing the internet so right. what we need to do is, if Bob's your client, he's got to tell his son, Dylan, to not be gaming. 
when Bob's exactly. going to be when Bob's going to be on Newsmax. Exactly. Or whatever, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, doesn't matter. But when Bob's going to be on the news, Dylan can't game. And and it absolutely the network has to be free of other stresses. And if you are wired, uh, we've also seen this where people uh, say they're wired into the internet router, um, and but they leave their Wi-Fi on the computer on. Uh-huh. And the computer will go to the Wi-Fi first. So if you are wired and you have a internet signal from being wired, you need to shut the Wi-Fi on the computer off. So it's only trying to use the wired signal. See, I'm glad you brought that up. And I know that may sound elementary. And why do we just spend two minutes on that one thing? I fell for it myself. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. I got got a, a new desktop machine in 2000. Eight, I think it was when the it was just right around the idea the, the time when the idea that desktop machines could accept Wi-Fi signals. Mm-hmm. I had it plugged into the wall with a wired connection for over a year. I didn't know that it was getting its internet signal from my Wi-Fi router and not the cable going into the wall. Uh-huh. I specifically plug that one machine into the wall oh, no. so that would be my wired connection <laughs> while everything else ran off the wi-fi that would be the one where i need the heavy duty stuff to happen yes and in the meantime i didn't know that by default it was going to the wi-fi yes <laughs> all right you know how many times we asked you was your wi-fi off yeah 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 yeah, yeah. no no it's not no it's not and is it also worth it to if you're like us and you have scores of computers and devices in your home office or home office to make sh- to actually go around and make sure they're either all turned off or in airplane mode or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, um, even though you- your phone is sitting next to you and you're not actively on it, it's still getting data pushed to it. So it's still on the network yeah um and it could um, run an, and it could and it could decide to spontaneously run an update which could cause a dip yeah absolutely, absolutely. yeah because because even though you may have set your settings to automatic to not do updates unless it manually checks with you first after you manually approve the one update it might have undone the settings to without you knowing it switch it to the from now on we'll just do updates whenever we want and there's always stuff running in the background that and i always recommend uh-huh. people um Right before we do a live stream or we're about to start, I, I always um, close all the programs and reboot my computer just in case I, f- I don't leave anything taxing the machine either yeah. open unnecessarily. That, bring, that brings up the final comment that I was going to make on this particular topic is apps. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, we, you know, folks, especially with their smartphones or their iPads or their tablet type devices, They'll willy-nilly download the app every time somebody says, download the app, and then they'll leave it on. Uh, Here's another case. People who travel frequently on airplanes Mm -hmm. will download that airline's app so that they can get information about their particular flight and also have that thing in flight where even if the go-go internet is really not working very well, they'll still be able to get the signal where they can use the app to look at the little map and see how much longer they have until they land. Right. Then they leave the app on their phone forever. Meanwhile, United and Delta and American Airlines are still doing things with those apps on your phone. Yeah, it's it's always it's always being used. It's, something's always running in the background. Delete your stuff is my point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I want our listeners to do is subscribe to the Business Creators Radio Show. Download this one. I know it's very conversational in nature, but within this, you're going to find a checklist of things that you can do within your home office or home office to optimize your upload and download signals, your internet technology, your computer technology, your sound and your video, so that when you're doing live streaming and broadcasting, you'll sound and look a hell of a lot better. Absolutely. Yeah. So as we um, as we wrap up here, I mean this uh, this is a topic that 
is actually kind of self-explanatory. What I wanted to do is just check in with you and see anything else, that, any other guidance, any other recommendations, things for people to think about, and anything else you've discovered through your 25 years of broadcast sports and entertainment production experience that can help people getting involved with live streaming and virtual public speaking. Take steps forward today and make it awesome. Yeah, there's there's a ton of information on the internet. Um, I'm self-taught on a a lot of the stuff that I've learned in the last last year. Uh, There's tons and tons of uh, YouTube videos, how-tos, um, some of the best programs, what are the best programs to use? Do I use OBS? Do I use vMix? Um, those are just some of the live stream software programs. Um, feel free to e- email me, get in touch with me. I can certainly help with any questions. Um, and I have a team of people, uh, engineers that are super smart and uh we've made a lot of the equipment choices and based on what we know and we'd be happy to help anybody with uh anything any questions that they have but there's tons and tons of videos uh how-to videos um with what cameras do i need and a lot of it it also depends on what you're trying to do um are 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 you just doing it for fun can you just do it with your phone or are you trying to do a more professional uh, setting where you need more of a professional camera or, you know, uh, professional software, more of a professional software to do, do your streams. All right. I have a question. I'm on your website, Viridity, V-I-R-I-D-I-T-Y entertainment.com, which yeah. I encourage our listeners to visit. And this may change if somebody who's listening to this a year from now, you may redesign your website, who knows. But for those of us who are listening to this live, um, I'm just wondering, Uh, You have a video at the very top of your page and the screen cap. Is that your office with that, uh, with that table, with the blue uh, sheet on it and like three laptops open and you're holding a joystick and it's sitting on top of a metal box and you have the little portable speaker off to the side. So uh, that's funny. So basically we did a cooking show out in Portland, Oregon, and we weren't allowed to be, and this was during COVID, obviously, we weren't allowed to be in the house with the talent. So uh, I, I thought, how am I? How are we going to do this live stream if we can't be in the house? How are we going to set the cameras up? What are we going to do? So I came up with the idea. I rented an RV and uh, we set up an office in the RV and we, uh, we ran the cables from the cameras into the RV, into our computers. And this is a shot someone took of us um, controlling four, five different cameras. Uh, and the person, you can't see him to my right, the director is yeah. you know, directing the show. But I'm with that controller, I'm uh, controlling five different cameras that are inside the house for the cooking show. I was curious why there was another laptop to your right there. Uh, yeah. I mean, do you, were you actually using all those? And if you look at that picture very carefully, now that you mention it, I think you can see your producer's leg. Yes, yes. If you know, yes. Exa- if you know exactly what to look and where you're looking for. And I imagine we're probably going to have some people going to VeridityEntertainment.com right now just to see what the heck we're talking about. <laughs> that, yeah, but- that, yeah, that view reminds me of when I was in college and I was building my competition level sound system for my Camaro. Uh That's what the, that's what my work area looked like for years. (laughs) And mind you, it's pouring rain outside. So we're huddled in this, in this RV. Uh, The audio person is right, right behind my computer. Uh, I'm there and huddled next to the uh, director, but we we all had COVID tests. So we were all healthy and uh, able to be in a small spot. But um, uh, and we managed to pull off a, a great uh, show for our client, and the cooking cooking show went, went great. Wow, well, that's that's really cool. And then you know, also throughout this website, I had a chance to check it out before. You see all kinds of different views of what the technology and the live streams look like. And the point I want to make to our listeners, and I see this a lot in podcast discussion groups, uh, people discussing how they're building their. I've heard stories of people literally adding additions to their houses so that they could put special soundproofing insulation into the walls Mm -hmm. and spending 
$50,000 on the interior design of their little broadcast room. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I, I, cra crazy, crazy or not, because I happen to know, because I, I, I see people, uh, Guy Kawasaki, for instance, loves to send pictures of and post them on his social media of what it looks like from his perspective when he goes on shows like CNBC. So you see him, it looks like he's uh, in some sort of professional environment and he's actually taking a camera of his view and it's like a warehouse room with wires and machines and concrete everywhere. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So it's uh, so the point I want to make here is I would say that what really matters most is your listener and viewers experience if you can make it look great and sound great for them you could be in a cave somewhere it doesn't matter where you're doing it from or where you yeah. are or how you're getting it done as long as you can get it done like you said in a professional uh in a professional way yeah so what i was thinking we could leave our listeners with is you you have howie here uh you can contact him at www.veridityentertainment.com his name's howie zales if you want that level of support he's there to help you i where i brought him on for our listeners today and also just remember that the important thing is getting something to work i'll end this by saying that for some reason i cannot get my focus right 4i4 third generation preamp thingamadoodad to play nice with either Zoom or StreamYard. I've gone through all the tutorials. It just doesn't work for me. I've had 20 people try and tell me that, oh, it's easy. I can't get it to work. So you know how I do my live streams? I just use something else. <laughs> <laughs> so focus on the goal and the result, which is you're going to have more engagement more connections, more celebrity branding. And if that one particular microphone doesn't work exactly right, just do something else. Get Swap it, it out for another one. And ask and ask Howie. Uh, he knows more about this than I think anybody I've ever encountered. <laughs> All right. So Howie Zales, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and believe me in education. Awesome. It's been a pleasure and uh, super grateful. I appreciate it. You bet. We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care. <laughs>